just so you guys are aware, my computer is about to restart in an hour and a half. Dun, dun, dun. Let's talk about Russia! Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the pressurised Potter. Guys, how are we? What's everyone up to? You're a wizard, Potter. What? No good? So, is that what you've been up to? Yep. Yep. Cool. I'm Hagrid. I'm Hagrid now. I'm Hagrid. <laughs> Hagrid. <laughs> uh, so, Brett hasn't had much sleep. Uh, Al, that what have you been up to? You. Same. Oh. <laughs> Not sleeping. Great. Without, without the wizarding. Perfect, Steve. What have you been up to? <laughs> what <are> you up to? <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> well, this is going to be a really fun episode. They usually are, though. Yeah. Uh, I, I, what have I been up to? I've. Um, it's I've like been, every like, week well, you've completely forgotten what you've done days prior. That's because I have a shit short-term memory. Um, yeah, no, this week uh, I have been at work a fair bit. Um, I spent my, my first couple of days off shift um, working at the Forge to help Alex out. Uh, he's getting ready for the markets and that. Um, and uh, I've also randomly had to take next shift off because I have too many holidays left. Uh, <laughs> white people uh, problems right yeah <laughs> and uh yeah so i've got too many holiday days left to take and next week was the only week where i could actually take some time off so i've got a random four-day shift period off where i was hoping to like kick back and relax and shoot some b-ball outside of the school but but i can't because i've got a shitload of stuff to do um and that's about it. So let's go into the topic because I made a stamp. Know, nobody cares. Um, <laughs> you had your chance, and now now you've lost it. Um, <laughs> it's the fact that you've just gone off screen. <laughs> What's the topic? Uh, basically, my laptop is about to restart in an hour and twenty minutes, and I have no way of avoiding this. So we're going to talk about working under pressure. Uh, which I think probably Al knows most about because Al works under pressure a lot because Al can't say no. No, he's not a boiler. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking idiot. Uh, Because I am made of epoxy resin and you need to extract the bubbles from me, otherwise I will not dry clear. I knew you weren't a real human. I'm a real boy! (laughs) Yeah. There you go. That's the story. That was about atmosphere. Ow, what's it like working under such pressure? Um, It's different. I think there's different kinds of pressure. Like, for me, um, time when you try to be creative. What? Sorry, Steve? Nothing. Carry on. Do you want to put in there? No, it's fine. Carry on. Way to put me under pressure. (laughs) The... um, yeah, when you try to be creative in a creative industry or um, anything where you're trying to kind of come up with ideas, like time is not the most conducive atmosphere <laughs> for something where you're under pressure. Um, simply because like ideas are not, they don't come like linear. They don't come like clockwork. 
Um, an idea can come in a second, it can come in an hour, and it can come in a day. You know, they, they come at the most unexpected idea, unexpected times. That's the beauty of, of creativity, that you find it in unexpected places. We've talked about this before. Um, and for something to be like that, that doesn't necessarily work like clockwork and isn't formulaic, it's really hard to have um, rigid timeframes. You know, if you're in a production shop or you're making things where there's like a set amount of time where you do something, pressure's good and pressure's fine because you've got a rhythm and you get you stick to it. Um, I used to be a chef. And uh, that was great. You know, yes, it was creative, but actually when it came to service, that was not when creativity happened. You know, creativity happened in the mornings, you know, before we actually sat down for for for, for a session. And, and pressure then was was fantastic because you knew how long everything took. You knew the timeframes for every single dish that needed to go through. You need, you know, you knew how long it took to prep things um, and pressure just helped, you know, if, if, if it was boring and quiet in that instance, you know, we'd all go mad. Yeah. Um, but for me specifically, when you're trying to be like an ideas man um, and you're trying to come up with sort of strategies for things, um, it's really hard to, 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 to cope with pressure in terms of time. Um, but I think there's other, there's other kinds of pressure, you know, there's, there's the pressure of like volume of work. Uh, which is not necessarily always related to time. You know, if you've got um, a slightly laxed time frame, um, but you've got a lot to do, you know, it's yeah. a different kind of pressure, but you can you can attack it in a different way. Um, or the pressure of like a budget, you know, <laughs> which can be super stressful. Yeah. Um, and it's the, it's the old classic triangle of like, you know, cheap. Cheap, fast. Cheap, fast or good. Quality. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so for me, yeah, there's, there's the, the, the biggest problem I've got with pressure is, is just time. Um, you know, I wish that I've got a friend at work who's a strategist and kind of there's a really sort of regimented idea at work where we have to have like catch-ups and reviews all the time. Review every day. It's like, well, maybe we didn't crack it today. You know, yeah. we've got a week, just fuck off and leave us to it. We know what we're doing <laughs> and we'll smash it by the end of the week. And so we, we just kind of have this like little joke where it's just like, I wish, you know, Having timesheets, like having to clock in and out in a creative industry is fucking yeah. impossible. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be done because you got to date by the books and you've got to... Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> was like, was Dali clocking in and out and like checking his fucking... No, he wasn't. Of course he wasn't. And even like, you know, not, not crazy artists like that. Like, you know, Einstein would work all hours of the fucking day. He'd work whenever he wanted and he'd sleep whenever he wanted. There was no regimented structure to... Um, thinking, and and that's the problem. It's it, it's not even about being creative. It's just about coming up with ideas, um, which is any sort of problem solving. Um, yeah, I think I think time is not a healthy atmosphere for creativity. But I time love the other guy. I look, I look. Yeah, time is it's just it's bullshit. Made it up. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love the other kinds of pressure. You know, I love like stress and volume and like importance. Like if something's like crazy important, the pressure of that is like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, we're gonna do it. Um, yeah. Or like we need to do, you know, this huge big thing. I need to build a seven foot gun. I need to, you know, um, <laughs> that that really fucking helps. Uh, so for me, there's different kinds of pressure, and, and they all affect me in different ways. Yeah, because the thing is, I think with, with when you talk about the other types of pressure, like obviously time pressure is something that we've all kind of mm. had to deal with in different ways, and it's it's a complete fucker. But I think the the other types of pressure you're you're talking about, and when you're kind of constrained in certain ways it it helps creativity because it's like well you you kind of i know everyone always talks about thinking outside the box but it's like yeah think outside the box but mm. it's still 
got to go in the box sort of thing. Um, it's a box. You're making a box. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, it's like the the uh, the knife board spinning thing that I did uh, a little while back. Like there was a huge amount of pressure for me getting that one done just because it was like, you know, someone's going to be stood on it, spinning around, having knives thrown at them. Like I need to make sure that this thing isn't going to suddenly fall apart or Mm. jump or jerk or, you know, make sure it spins smoothly at a consistent rate and all that sort of stuff, because it's, it's already ridiculously dangerous, let alone (laughs) adding in any fuck ups on my count sort of thing. Yeah. Um, But I mean, and that kind of, that stunted me for quite a while because I just, I, I was intimidated by that kind of pressure. Luckily I didn't have a, a huge um, amount of pressure on the time frame of it, but it wasn't until the time frame started getting smaller and smaller and the other pressure started kind of getting put on me that I went, Oh shit, I actually need to crack on and get this done now. Um, so I think even the time pressure side of things can not actually force creativity because, like you say, the creativity is something that you it, it, it happens when it happens. You can't force it, um, and it's one of those background processes that just goes on all the time. I think even um, that there's, there's different there's different kinds of time pressure. Yeah, like a twelve o'clock deadline because the client needs to see a presentation. <laughs> it's not going to make an idea come out of the fucking thin air, right? Mm. But a deadline of like October the thirty first for Rory's zombie challenge. Yeah, is absolutely going to make creativity happen. And, yeah. and there, there was like a point when I was um, uh, making the Song of the Dead thing, and it was literally down to right. I want to do it this way, but it's one in the morning, and this video needs to go up <laughs> before six in the morning because yeah. we're six hours behind, and I need to get this done before <laughs> the end of today. Um, and it was like, well, I can't, I can't do it this way. I need to rip yeah. apart that bike that's around the back of the shed. And so it made me think of a more creative way to go about it as opposed to like the, the structured way that I was going to do it. So absolutely yeah. agree. Um, in certain, in certain circumstances, like the, the, the time pressure can, it can make you think on your feet. Yeah. And that, it, that we, idea of like, Oh, I haven't got that tool. Going to grab a different tool. Yeah. Which is the same as, as the, the budget pressure, because yeah, you know, if you think, Oh, you know, if I'm going to make this thing and it needs that, that specific part that's really fucking expensive. Yeah. Oh, well, I can't afford that. So what else can I do to come up with it? Or yeah. like in Brett's video, I don't have a lathe, therefore I'm going to chuck it up in the um, drill press and sand it down like that. Like uh, Phil from... The, Phil. the vertical lathe. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a spinny bit. It just goes the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, because Phil from Phil Makes Things, uh, he wanted to make a pointy thing um, this week or this week. Phil weekend. makes pointy things. Phil makes pointy thing, and uh, and so his video this week, like before he, he did it, he was asking a load of questions in a group chat, and like, well, how can I do this because I I don't have any of these tools, and we were just coming up with a hundred and one different ways that you all can of come them up. using an angle grinder, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just strap two angle grinders like together, like a, like those things that fire baseballs in a training. Yeah, there you go, there you go, <laughs> perfect. But uh, but yeah, like coming up with ideas around that because you you. Yeah, you know, you, you've got that pressure of I've only got these tools. I think that's where a lot of the um, the the trolls on on YouTube kind of fall down. It's like where they start complaining about, oh well, I could do that if I had those tools. Well, if you were any good, you'd be able to do it without those tools. You know, you come up with a different way of doing it. Yeah, trolls. 
Yeah. 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 Trolls. Tell, tell, tell the trolls to go away. What accent was that? I'm working on it. <laughs> something I'm developing. I, I feel a bit of pressure, though. So Ooh. Ooh. But, you know, uh, I, I I have to bring up the just the video, the goofy little stamp video. I wanted to set myself up for that project, and I kind of knew in my head how I was going to approach it. Because if I don't know if it was similar with you guys, but when we were younger, we did like lithographs or like the in art class when I was in like middle school or something like that, probably 12 years old. We um, scooped quickly, out. What the fuck is a lithograph? Like printing. Yeah, uh, it's like print making print okay. block. Like potato print or like on a ah, right, or yeah, yeah. rubber or yeah. roller ink. Block, block printing. Yeah, so it's yeah, all okay. it's all the same thing. You need a higher point and the lower point doesn't print, right? Um, out of all the stuff that happened in that video, and I'm, I'm glad I got to the final form and it and it actually works which is surprising um i knew i was going to do it in the drill press because i don't know how to use a lathe and i don't know how to use the tools on a lathe but i've seen it enough times from a bunch of the guys that we're in the community with and uh one thing that no one has commented on that i was I was quite proud of because i was feeling not pressure but i was i was a little hard pressed to figure out how to not get it to like spin around and holding the file or the rasp next to it. And it was kind of jumping my hand all over the place and kind of holding it in midair or whatever. I stuck that big fucking corner magnet in there mm-hmm. and it stopped everything. Cause all the tools are steel. Yeah. So I just had a thing and I can't remember what that's called on a lathe. It's like where you rest your tool. Tool rest. rest. <laughs> Is it called a tool rest? Called yeah. Was I that close? <laughs> It's like a rest, like a resty tool. All right, um, but yeah, I I threw that magnet on there because it just like I stood in front of the drill press for thirty seconds. It was like I don't know how I'm going to do this without my hands looking, you know, unsafe or like wobbling around or whatever. And I knew I was going to have to deal with trolley social media pressure. If people are like, "That's really dangerous," I'm like, "Yeah, well, if you stabilize everything, it wouldn't be." So how do I stabilize it? Well, how about a giant magnet that doesn't move on the steel table? Hey, we got there, and then it totally worked. Um, no one is no one is coming on, which is totally fine. But in that moment, similar to what you guys were saying with like the Son of the Dead, it I was kind of in a crunch because I wanted to try and get it done because I have other work that I got to get to, and I knew turning the handle was just going to be like if I can't do that, the rest of this is going to be hard to sort out and in that moment it was just like right quit standing in front of the drill press you're not going to stare at it and have a solution jump at you so i just started walking around the shop and then i saw the little angled magnet and went i think that'll work yeah so by by having that little bit of like self self-imparted pressure you know you you look for solutions or that problem solving gets exercised that's this is a long way around saying i like when pressure happens because it is, a, it is an exercise or, or a, a moment to exercise your problem-solving skills yeah, and, and figure out a solution. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I was just going to say, so it kind of sounds like all of us um, find pressure in some, like certain kinds of pressure useful because it, it kind of not forces your hand, but it forces you to think. It stops you kind of, 
sitting back and and taking it easy is there yes. any kind of pressure that you have uh you've experienced in the past or you experienced on the regular or whatever um that you found is either still either completely stops you working or like or makes you worse or or closes you up or whatever um that either still does it or that you've you've found a way to deal with <laughs> the the top two financial and <laughs> yeah the imposter syndrome thing where you just you hit a moment of like self-doubt yeah you know and and not maybe not even doubting your skills but just doubting you like everything that you're doing you know hitting that self existential come down and go into the dark space go down the rabbit hole of just like i'm not gonna do anything no one cares what i do blah blah Mm. blah 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 like that whole rabbit hole stops me cold um the financial one is just a pressure that will constantly exist because of our situations in the world you know i i like i like all the opportunities that i'm getting from working in Jim's shop but there are days where you know i had to go get tires ordered for my truck because i've been told for a year now that my tires need replacing i'm just like but i don't money what (laughs) and so while i'm working on a stamp you know in the back of my mind it's like how the hell am i going to pay for these tires or like last year it was taxes you know how the hell am i going to pay my taxes yeah that stuff can stop me cold even though i shouldn't worry about it as much and i you know, I should lean or err on the side of like, you will figure it out because money will never be a thing that will stop me from doing what I want to do. But it ends up being a springboard into that, yeah. that downward spiral, that dark place where you're just like, yeah. oh, well, if I can't make it here, I guess I'm just done with everything because I can't do what I love doing. Yeah, because I, I think that's one of the things, though, is it's it doesn't even have to be pressure that's uh, directly related to to the thing that you're doing it doesn't have to be you know a time frame on that that one particular project it can be those outside stresses that just completely block your creativity i've had it a few days where i've i've had like work or life or whatever stress that's been going on and you know going down to the workshop is normally um an escape it's normally where i go to to kind of forget about all that but there's been times where I've gone down and those things, even though I'm not directly thinking about them, they're just there in the back of my mind kind of taking control. And I just end up having shit days in the workshop because I can't, I can't fully concentrate on on what I'm doing. So I find, yeah, that, that kind of outside pressure, particularly financial, um, really kind of uh, stops me in my tracks sort of thing. Al, what about you? For me, it's um, it's like expectations, like somebody else having ex- certain expectations about thing, um, can really put pressure on things. Um, yeah. so like, I do things my own way. I always have. Like, I remember. Um, you don't say. I, you don't say. I remember um, being in maths as a kid. I was really good at maths. Um, maths. Maths. A multidisciplinary subject. Um. And I'd never do and like show my workings out. I'd just put the yeah. answer down. And my teacher right. fucking hated me for it. She's like, you get one, you get one pint for the right answer, but I don't give you any more points for not doing your working out. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't work it out how you work it out. Yeah. You know, and what, what, what 
like society expected of me was to do it the way that I'm supposed to be doing and doing it the way I was told to do it. But yeah. I don't, and I don't, I don't do anything that way. Um, not out of me being difficult. It's just, you know, I'm maybe wired a little bit differently or my logic is not the same as everyone else's, or I find it easy to do it one way or quicker to do it another way. Um, and it's the same with anything. So like if somebody gives me a tool, you know, monkey me will be like, great, you know, look at it, maybe take it apart, turn it on, taste it you know and then i'll be like right i'm assuming this is how you use it you know i assume a lot um because it's the only way you can kind of make things happen on your own Mm. um so if somebody's watching me doing something like there's a pressure there because they're expecting something totally different yeah and i it drives me up the wall and it's the (laughs) same it was the same in any any job i've been in so working in the kitchens as well you know like oh oh we we cut the 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 celeriac down in a different way to that. I was like, fucking great. <laughs> well <laughs> yeah. done for you. I'm doing it this way because logically in my head, this is less yeah. cuts. So I'm doing it this way. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're stood watching me and it's creating unnecessary pressure. A, if you've got nothing better to do, <laughs> like <laughs> it's like, you, you know, you got, you got to, you go past some roadworks in the UK and there's 17 people there because everybody has to watch everyone else. <laughs> just so the person at the bottom of the rung doesn't like set himself on fire. Yeah. Instead of just one person doing a job, everybody has to watch everyone else and make sure it's all done. And then you know, I don't. You don't need you there. Like I'm a grown man. <laughs> I can do, I can do what I'm, I'm meant to be doing. Um, yeah. Same same at work now. You know, there's just like people employed to kind of watch you yeah. and make sure that you're doing the right thing. It's like just give me the benefit of the doubt. You're creating yeah. unnecessary pressure. Yeah. Um, and like I'm sure it's the same. You know, Brett. I'm sure like Jimmy will watch you and, and like. <laughs> cough or something as you're doing something or make like awkward noises uh, that's uh, like yeah just just fuck off and let me use the drill press as a lathe right yeah yeah um, and it's yeah so it's, it's it's other people's expectation i think cause unnecessary pressure i i absolutely love that because um to to steve's main question of like what are the outside pressures or whatever i don't think that's something that is given enough credit that you know I think as as humans, as people, we have a tendency to just like our, our brains get wired in this way where it's like, well, if there's enough people that tell me that I'm doing the thing wrong, maybe I am wrong. Yeah. But if it was working or you were you were comfortable doing the thing you were doing, like me tracing an image off of my computer, some guy says he cringes to see that. Like, I've been doing that for ten years. I do it like, all the time. Yeah. Don't why? Why is that the thing? Yeah. You watched a 10-minute long video of me using a razor blade next to a drill press. <laughs> that was dumb. Yeah. yeah. But it works. And Al, I, I appreciate that a lot because especially with the the maker space, you know, that has a tendency to happen where you get the people on one side of the fence or the other. And I'm absolutely guilty of it. And I need I'm actively trying to do a better job or I, I am going to do a better job of not getting so like judgmental or expectation driven or just, you know. just a quick side story talking of sides of the fence and makerspace. I just got an email today that somebody at my local makerspace has been banned for six months for using the table saw in a dangerous manner. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, was was his name Izzy by any chance? <laughs> I... I like the idea that, you know, if don't be hypocritical, right? If yeah. if I'm going to do stuff in a dumb way yes, or Steve. I'm going to. Sorry? Yes, Steve. Yes, Steve. But 
I don't like, I don't like the idea that, um, you know, I don't want to judge, I don't want anybody to judge the way that I work, but then I will, for some reason, turn around and judge the way somebody else works. Like, that's very <laughs> that's your unfair. Yeah. Sorry? That's your prerogative. Well, yeah, I can be salty and grumpy about it, but I should probably keep my damn mouth shut in the future and just, <laughs> and just move along. Because it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't affect you. Yeah. It has absolutely no effect on what somebody else is doing. That's That's the real kicker to it. I want to actively stop with all of that shit because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I'm still working and making my projects and they are still working and doing their projects in an office or otherwise, there's different dynamics when you have a manager coming down on you and being like, Hey, I was watching you and that's not the way that we learned how to do it. And blah, blah, blah. Well, like that sucks because there's politics involved. Right. And like inner work relationships. But when it comes to crafts and making stuff and the YouTube and the social media and crap, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, like, are you doing the thing? Yes. Are they doing the thing? Yes. Who gives a shit? Now, if they're being demeaning to you or, like, there's some kind of, like, weird tension between it that's that's can add a little bit of a different bit of pressure. But, um, you know, I hate the way that Steve grinds his knives because it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I've watched him do it in person enough times now to go, that's the way that he does it. And I, I honestly, there are moments where I'm like, I wish I had that much control. <laughs> I really do. But I learned a different way because I had a different tool available to me. Yeah. Watching Steve do it is that, and you know, Cliff and Zach did it because they were lacking another tool. And like Zach turned a flat disc upside down and Cliff was grinding the chisel. And I was like, yeah. holy shit, there it is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because that's one of the things we get it. Oh, sorry, I one of the things that I was going to talk about it, that I I used to really struggle with was the the pressure of um of having to to at the festivals and demonstrations and things having to to forge in front of other people. So having to do this thing that I do with people watching me and explain how I'm doing it, why I'm doing it, why I do this, and and everything else. And um and that took me a little bit of time to get over. Um and it was it was the day that we were uh I think it was like River Cottage or something like that. And we were doing a demonstration and someone came along that had had a little bit of forging experience and basically did a uh made an ass of himself and just started having a go at us and saying, Oh yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. And actually, I think you'll find you should stand like this. And actually you should be striking it like that. And uh, the will actually. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just kind of, obviously it was like my second or third demo. And I was, I didn't yet have the confidence to turn around to him and go, uh, actually go fuck yourself. This is how we do it. Um, luckily Alex was there and I just watched Alex rip this guy apart. And the, the most polite, way possible but basically explain to him that yes he may do it like that and we may do it in a different way but we're still producing like perfectly good quality work with you know everything's fine when no one's dying nothing's breaking you know the tools are lasting as long as they need to last and and everything else and um and finishing it off by saying and that's why we're here and you're that side of the fence and uh, or that side of the rope or whatever, and like a rope is a fence. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and it was just nice, like seeing that that kind of um, like having that backup and actually that realization of 
oh yeah, just because I'm doing it differently doesn't mean I'm doing it wrong. And now when we, whenever we do um, classes, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll demonstrate how we do it and how we strike and, and explain the reasons why. And that's the important thing is explaining those reasons why, so that if someone else wants to do it in a different way and has a reason to do it in a different way, then that's fine. It's like the amount of people I, I say that I, I strike with my uh, wrong foot leading. I, I stand southpaw, but strike um, with my right hand um, the vast majority of the time. And I'll, I'll, I'll chop and change between the two. And I'll quite often say to people, that's technically, this is the wrong way to do it, but it's what's comfortable for me. And that's why I do it. Um, so I think it's like that, that the easiest way to combat that pressure is to understand the reasons why you do those things. And that way, when someone turns around and goes, oh, no, you're doing it wrong. You say, well, no, this, this is what works for me. <laughs> you don't oh. get extra points because you yeah. didn't do the thing. <laughs> yeah, you only get one point for that, not two. Fuck off. You know, I, I have to take it from your, your story there, but I, I think a lot of that pressure has helped. And Al, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're in more of that, you know, office creative dynamic. But um, having having like a strong team or like a good couple people that everybody kind of understands the dynamics and people can approach it from different angles, but always ending up, you know, kind of team dynamic towards the goal for the greater good. And I think going it alone and feeling that pressure alone sucks. Right. And I'll try and make like a bullshit analogy here, but like the, the physics uh, formula for pressure is pressure is equal to force divided by area. Right. So the more area you have is, and then the force and the things go together. So there's something there. I haven't quite worked it out in my head. Um, but something tells me that like the, the more space you have to disperse the force of the, or the yeah. pressure overall, the better you'll be to so like figure out, figuring out ways to disperse it, whether it's through a team or like not putting it all on yourself. Al, anything to input from there? Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a really good analogy. I mean, literally like a small space increases the pressure. Right, you know, if you had a small workshop, or like, I remember trying to fucking change a, a plug socket in my house, and like the electrician had only left like a tiny little bit of earth wire. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what earth wire is in America, um, and, <laughs> and and it was really stressful because I was really close to the wall, and like I couldn't get the tools in, and it was just like it was normally would just be an easy job, but because of the confined space, and it was like in the corner, a really awkward place, you know, and. Same in the workshop, like when it's a mess and you've only got a tiny little bit of your desk left to make stuff, it's fucking stressful. Whereas if you can like spread out and go, like, ah, I'm just going to fuck that stuff over there. I don't have to worry about that for now. So literally space is like, yeah, yeah. totally agree with you, but literally and metaphorically, like inversely proportionate to the pressure. Um, and people around you as well. Yeah, the same. So like if when I was, again, back to the, the cricket bat, when I was trying to solve the the drivetrain thing, like somebody else being there would not have helped at all, because I was I was trying to pluck an idea from nowhere. I was trying to pluck a solution from something that didn't exist. You know, it wasn't as simple a thing as oh, I just need to get that off there. It's like I don't know what I'm getting off where yet. Yeah, and it was just this this kind of Doctor Manhattan thing of like every single possible thing working like making that happen in my head one of them's going to work and I'll, I'll pluck it out like uh, Dr. Strange as well. You know, like one of these, one of these <laughs> solutions is going to, is going to work. Um, so somebody else stood there 
going like, have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? What about this? What about that? It's just like, would not have, it would not have helped at all. Right. Yeah. So that idea of, yeah, more people around sometimes can help alleviate pressure, especially if, like you, like you say, Brett, if it's like really well-old machine and you can delegate and you're like, fuck yeah, oh yeah, awesome. You crack on with this. That'd be really helpful. Yeah. Or can I do this and I'll give you this task? That's great. Um, but other times, like it, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, because I, I I kind of agree with that because they there's been times where I've I've literally gone over to the other workshop where Alex and Joe are working just because I've got something in my head but I can't figure out how to do it and it's mm-hmm. just a case of just bouncing ideas off of them like well, what about what about this and then one of them going oh yeah because you could do that that and that um, and the same like with again go back to Phil in the group chat like being able to bounce those ideas around is really really good but then there's other times where like you say I've been. I've been stood there and I've been trying to figure something out. And I'm like, oh yeah, because if I do this, then I could do that. And kind of working through that process in your head, having someone else go, what about this? And what about that? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I've yeah. already thought about that. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's um, not my first rodeo. Yeah. And uh, and so I think it's kind of, it. it's one of those where, again, every situation is different and every person is different. And just because you don't want someone there for one project isn't necessarily going to mean you're not going to want them there for another project. It's just about finding the, the right team for the right job or the, the right situation or the right space or whatever. Yeah. I mean, per- perfect example at work this week, I've been doing like um, <clears throat> on top of my job, there's like things at work that need to happen as well. So like Christmas party, for example, is coming up. I've got to <laughs> organize it. Um, we're running a charity thing last year. We did like a, a workshop. Oh Yeah. Um, this year we're, I'm, I'm building like a, um, like our very own like Christmas window display. So kind of like, you know, like big stores yeah. do it, like Hamlin's and Harrods yeah. and stuff. And, um, I'm doing, I'm trying to do one that's like a kid's story and I'm trying to like animate it and have some animatronics and lighting. Yeah. And, stuff oh, like and like, so I'm there adding more pressure to yourself, which is fine. Like that, that's not, that's not, that's not the challenge. Which is um, fine. Yeah, which yeah. is fine. <laughs> you know, the pressure is that work and not fucking putting any money towards it. So yeah. I need to go and find scrap and stuff like that. You know, that's that's pressure. But again, that's that helps creativity for me. That's you know, if if I was given an unlimited budget, that would make it work worse for me. I think it's easier when I get different kinds of pressure like that, like the money thing. Right. Um but there was just too much to do. Like I have to make yeah. an illustration transfer that illustration into something that can be cut out into silhouette then work out scale of like a window and work out depth as well because it has to be like dimensional in layers so like if i look through the window do i see the bottom of this you know like basically try having the structure on my head yeah and then i've got to make it and then i've got to animate it and then i've got to light it and, and i'm like going Whoa! like i'm trying to do it all <laughs> at once and then it was just like right rachel can you help with this absolutely Right, you've got to translate this illustration into silhouettes. Brilliant. I can I can switch that bit off in my head and I don't have to yeah. think about it ever again. And then it's like, right, can you do that? And then another night, Wednesday night, um, I was building a bike rack because a lot of people cycle into work and they just fucking leave the bikes like in the corridor bit. And like as winter comes, they get more muddy, they get more messy, snow and shit. So but building a bike rack at work. Um, and one of the pressures was that it's like a, it's like a listed building. It's an old, mm. um, it's an old foundry, and because it's rented, we're not allowed to do it. We're not allowed to structurally change the building. So yeah. it's like, how can I build a, something structural that's going to hold the weight of bikes 
that isn't attached to anything. <laughs> <laughs> so there was like um there's like a metal staircase and it's all like box section with like windows through it. Yeah. So I worked out that I could build a wooden frame, slot it in, and then like bolt it through from the back. So it's yeah. kind of clamped on almost, um, but isn't actually physically attached. That's great. Worked it out, blah, blah, blah. You know, again, shitty scrap wood because they wouldn't pay for it. Um, <laughs> and then somebody was like, oh, do you want a hand? And I was kind of like, have you used the drill before? <laughs> like, you know what this is? Like, yeah. can you go and angle grinder those hooks off so they don't, you know, and I was like, I really appreciate that you're trying to alleviate the pressure and you're trying to help, but it would not help. Yeah. So it's they, the, like it was the polar opposite of the, of the night before, where somebody that could really fucking add add value and, and help me out yeah. versus this, where I was just like, "Thanks, yeah. but no." <laughs> yeah, because because in that situation, it's only going to add more pressure because then you're yeah. not only concentrating on what you're doing, but what they're doing as well. Yeah, I don't, don't want them to fuck it up. Don't want them to hurt yeah. themselves. Don't want them to like damage the fucking building you know so there's like five unnecessary pressures there yeah just because somebody was trying to help you know save time for instance yeah so there's exactly. clearly there's clearly a, a sweet spot or like a really really beautiful middle ground with the the pressure formula analogy that i was talking about right like I, too I, much I, space. in my head in my head there's like a there's a chalkboard and somebody's doing like a massive equation and yes. there's all these variables of like creativity time cash you know Drill presses, <laughs> coffee. Yeah. So the thumbnail for this is going to be you as the beautiful mind, uh, or Stephen Hawking, right in front of the giant. <laughs> um, no, 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 it's 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 like becoming more um, visual in my brain that this this pressure formula of like, yes, sometimes it's great to have all the space in the world because you can really spread out and make sure that you're like, Oh, this is easy. Like you were saying, you know, changing the wires or putting in the new outlet. You're like, Oh, if I could walk into the power outlet, I could do this all very, very easily yeah. because everything is big and volumetric versus when things are too small, you know, it's, it can be too much pressure, but then that space can be too big and you can't fill it. You know, you don't have enough brain power to fill the creative space. That is that area. And so then you have to force yourself or there's unnecessary force put upon you to, to fill it, you know, or, or stay within it. So I've talked about this on a handful of episodes in the past, but I, I like that sweet spot, right? Where it's like, I want just enough constraint to have direction, or I want just enough of an outline of this box or this space to be able to fill it rather than just having a blank sheet of paper that's a million miles wide, because then they're like, fill the paper. And you go, oh, oh. <laughs> you fill the paper. <laughs> you, you fill the paper. I don't need the paper. I can fold it more than seven times, I bet. <laughs> um, but I, I, I love this project thing. I'm really excited to see this project out, because this seems like one of those things in very typical, typical style. It's, something that is absolutely in your wheelhouse, right? Like a project like that to me just makes sense to have you work on it. Like this cool display and everything like that, but also in typical Al style, there's 4,000 moving parts to it and you have to start from scratch and you're going to do it. And then absolutely no offense meant because I, I legitimately am excited for you to work on this. 
I feel like a week afterwards, everyone's going to forget about it. Or some boss Absolutely. is going to come along and be like, all right, Al, uh, you made your thing. Now yeah. get it out of here. And you're going to be like, fuck. Yeah. Because it's, it's, not, it's not making profit for the company, so they're not interested. You know, th- know. This, is, this is me trying to raise money for kids who want fucking prosthetic limbs via a, 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 a charity that we work for. And, and, you, and, and, you know, the creative team are super passionate about it and they want to get involved. But So know, what not, do you... If if we had to give some advice and, and Steve chime in as well, but like that's a beautiful thing, Al. Like you're you're using your creativity to better what design you know, can do. What design can do. But you're putting this pressure. The people people in our space get this all the time. And even in, you know, standard nine to five jobs or nine to nine o'clock at night where everybody's supposed to work forty hours and ends up working seventy-five. Um what what's what's like something to kind of help motivate or keep people a little bit more perspective driven when it comes to those self-imposed pressures or those things where you're like, I know this is worth my time and energy to do this thing that I'm doing, whether or not it gets appreciated by the people that are above me or beside me or the managers or the people that are making all the money. Yeah. Fuck it. Because this is something that makes my life better or makes me feel better. Like, is it because you're trying to make yourself feel better? Is it because you're trying to help the charity? Where Where is the motivation in there to keep doing this kind of thing? I think over the years, my attitude towards that has, has changed. Like, it definitely is not to make me feel better. Like, it would not be... I wouldn't be doing it to make myself feel better. Uh, there's other things you can do to do that. Um, <laughs> I think once upon a time, I would have thought, oh, it's to make other people feel better or it's to make other people think better of me, you know, or to impress other people or to get other people to shut up or, you know, like I would, I would often have these sort of orbiting ideals as to why I was doing things. Um, but at the moment, my kind of drive and it sounds a bit, sounds a bit self-involved, but the, the only reason I do anything is because I think it's worthwhile. Like, I think it's of value. Like, I think it's going to be a challenge. Or I think it's going to, um, like, food analogy. Like, I don't want to eat something that I can't chew. <laughs> yeah. I tried, you know, I, 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 tried, like I, tried giving, I tried giving up meat for a month, and I couldn't do it because I, there was nothing to chew. Like, vegetables are just mushy, and, like, carbs and shit, they're just, like, they just dissolve like we have teeth and I need to be able to chew it. And it's the same with all like tasks in life. Like if, if, if it's not worth doing, I don't want to be involved. If it's not worth chewing, I don't want to be worth involved. Chewing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for me, it's about, do I think that there's, there's potential for it to be a challenge? Otherwise yeah. I'm not interested. I don't think it's self-involved at all. I think, I think we've been kind of, uh, but I, I would do it in a vacuum. Like I wouldn't care if anyone was watching. Yeah. I'd make yeah. that window in space on my own just to see if I could. Do you know what <laughs> right. I mean? But I, yeah. I think we've been conditioned to get a little too like, well, I know it's selfish, but what it's selfish to do the thing that makes you happy or that you want to do. Yeah. If anything, if you wake up in the morning and you go, I want to brush my teeth. Yeah. No one's going to, no one's going to give two shits about that. But if you do something like I want to make this display yeah. as a self challenge and I don't really care if anybody else gives a shit about it. I know at the end of the day, it would benefit a charity, hopefully, you know, get some involvement going there. But 
approaching it from a quote unquote self-involved or selfish thing isn't really, I don't like that term. Yeah. And it gets overused a lot. Where I mean, like, every, everything being selfish, is every, but I'm taking everybody, today off. Everybody does everything selfishly. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yes. No matter what it is, even selfless acts is no such thing. Like everything you're yeah. doing is selfishly. But yeah. for me, it's not, it's not necessarily that it makes me happy at all no it's, it's, it's just, just that I, it, I like it's like problem solving and, and closure yeah. like it, it's not necessarily it's like not, yeah, yeah. It, it, it kind of sounds like it's basically a case of whether or not you think it has value which at the end of the day if, if there's no value to it then what's the fucking point whether that exactly. that you know and and that value is it, it's how you perceive it you know someone else might perceive it as having more or less value but you're not that other person so it doesn't fucking matter you do, it, it you, doesn't it doesn't have to be like lofty it doesn't have to be this like no. preachy ideal like i no. i found like I, I found doing the fermented chilies thing yeah like really driven because it was doing something there was a reaction yeah i wasn't just leaving something in a pot and it was like inert. It became something else, and there was a transformation, and something happened. So it was worth yeah. my, it was worthwhile me doing it because you know there was an outcome. Yeah, um, and again, you know, created pressure, which is quite a nice link. Yeah, no, that's really <laughs> good. But, um, I, but yeah. I, what's the perceived value? I feel like we could go on and on and on and on about just <laughs> perceived value from everything, from like actual objects to your personal perception of things and material things. But I, I like that you bring up that perception, Steve, because that, that is something that I also think can get a little bit wonky with people where their perception of something is so wildly different from (laughs) somebody else's perception. But for some reason there's a very typical or there's a very standard way that people interact where it's like, somebody has got to be right at the end of the day. Yeah, And to go all the way back to the beginning of the podcast, it's like just because Al's brain is wired this way and not to the way that the school is trying to teach, it's just a perception thing. Like if Al's still getting to the answer, why is that wrong? Yeah, it's this, yeah. this perception, this perceived value and showing your work. Who gives a shit? I got the answer. That's what you asked me for. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing is is the, the, the kind of, the the pressure that we put ourselves under it's it is all just a case of as long as the end result is delivered at the right time to the right specs everything else is irrelevant how you get to that is completely irrelevant like i know i work better under pressure i work better when i've got those constraints you know i if if you give me a project and say oh yeah just do it whenever i'm (laughs) always going to find something else more interesting more fun more something that i give higher value to because there's there's other forms of pressure on it and or there's other forms of pressure or it might just be a case of you know what i just want to do that other thing because it's fun and weird and cool (laughs) but if there's if there's a pressure as in it needs to be done by this time then that's what's going to kick my ass into gear. That's what's going to make me go, okay, now, now I've got that impetus to actually get on and do it. And that's when I find things interesting is when I have got pressure, I have got those constraints. If you give me, if I, if, if you give me a, a fully equipped workshop with all the tools you can imagine, all the stock you can imagine, everything and go make whatever you want. <laughs> I'm going to stand there and go, uh, 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 <laughs> and probably not make anything for a, 
a month. <laughs> Whereas if you give me a workshop that's only got three tools and four bits of stock and say, make this very specific thing, make a steam engine out of this, I'm going to, I'm going to really enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy that challenge of finding a way. And I think that's kind of, it seems like that's where we're all going is the fact that the, the, the addition of pressure is it just makes it more of a challenge and that challenge is then kind of what we give value to we we enjoy those challenges um and <laughs> yeah it and it's just finding the challenges that that work for us like not all the challenges that are enjoyable the financial one is obviously a, a pain in the ass most of the time but if you look at it in the right way you can go actually that 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 gives me the opportunity to come up with a weird and wonderful way of doing it. It gives me the opportunity to to show other people that you can sharpen an axe with an angle grinder, or you can you can make a, a handle with a, a drill press, or you can make a t shirt cannon with a old car <laughs> bloody um, tire inflator. Like it, it's there's there's so many like th- that kind of creativity and that, that those kind of things don't don't come if you're given all of the the tools and, and everything else i think it you in a weird way we need those pressures to to really shine to to um to produce the best things that we can produce well not to not to turn it into even more existential bs because we had <laughs> enough of that last episode and some of it this but um why why the fuck would anything be worth doing if it I know we said this like 30 seconds ago I'm just trying to put a little bit of a different spin on it but what what is invigorating about your existence and like getting through all of the years or the few amount of years that you've got left in front of you if things aren't a challenge or if things are like, what are you just going to keep getting pressured into all of your situations until you eventually fizzle out? And like, well, the world is pressed down upon me. Therefore, I have given up. You know, like, that's not how this works. All of us are creatures of, say, you can say thriving under pressure, but it's it's not necessarily thriving as much as it's we're really able to push back against it. Or we've yeah. gotten a hell of a lot better about accepting the pressure and then figuring out how to um like use that to either uh, challenge ourselves or invigorate the actions or use it as a motivator you know redirecting the pressure yeah i think that's what it comes down to is how do you redirect the pressure do you take it internally and then use it or do you get it the fuck out of the way yeah and I, th- I think that's that's a really good point like the 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 redirection of the pressure it, it seems to be kind of where we're all at because everyone can only deal with so much pressure if you p- keep piling pressure on on and on and on and on there's everyone you make a diamond gonna break yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah everyone is going to break at some point um it doesn't matter how strong or brilliant or wonderful they are you know you pile enough pressure on them they're going to crack but it's finding that balance of having the like brett said earlier on like it, it's finding that that sweet spot of where there's enough pressure on you to to push you and invigorate you and motivate you, but there's not so much that you're, you're drowning sort of thing. Um, and I think that's the thing that's, it seems to be like we've, we've all kind of over the last, however long we've all tried to find a way where we can either move that pressure around from say, you know, if, if we're particularly bad at dealing with time pressure, then we move it on to 
something else. And, you know, particularly bad with financial pressure. And we found a way to deal with that. And, you know, you find a way to deal with the pressure that you, you can't handle. And if it increases the pressure you can handle, then so be it. But, yeah. So, yeah. Al, Al, what do you use a pressure cooker for? Uh, not burning soup because it increases the boiling temperature. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was going to try and do a spin-off analogy for like, yeah, because, you know, pressure and food, you can ham, make some really ham, nice making, stuff. Making long hams. <laughs> Long hams. Long, long hams. hams. Like long pig. Like it's a big like, long pig. It's okay. like John Ham, only different. Yeah. Only made of people. Uh, um, yeah, people are spiffing, so why don't we go into... Uh. <laughs> that was the worst. That was the worst segue because I derailed it for this. <laughs> Okay, so Brett is going to go first this week. So, Brett, go, go, go. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Alex, Steve, Steve's boss, Alex Pohl, Ironworks. Um, But I'm springboarding that into all of the folks that, you know, have the pressure on them to produce stuff for the holiday markets and, you know, maybe try and get a little bit ahead at the end of the year selling their wares. I know Alex is on top of it every year and trying to produce (laughs) great things while also doing, you know, the little festivals and stuff that you do. Seeing as he's one of my closest examples, um, I'll spiff him, but it's really everybody that's just trying to get that hustle going. Yeah. During the cold, dark months when it's mm-hmm. sunny outside for four hours and, you know, everything is terrible. So keep it up. Don't let the pressure get to you. Noise. Noise. Uh, I would like to spiff a pre-spiffy, uh, but he more than deserves it, Average Joe. Um, he's just passed 20,000. Hey, congrats, Joe. Um you know, with all the stuff that Joe's been through, health problems and stuff, um, I think he's just a, a, a fantastic role model um, and a, just a good egg as well. Yeah, he's a good egg. Yeah. So Joe, average Joe, he's biffing. Well done, Joe. Well nice. done. Keep going, yes. son. Good on you, Joe. Uh, and for me, I, uh, I'm i going to spiff Phil Pinsky from Phil Pinsky. Uh... From Phil Pinsky, from <laughs> Canada. Yeah, from Canadia. Uh, Phil is wonderful and lovely. And um, beautiful. for those of you, yes, he is a beautiful man, actually. Um, yeah, for the, those of you that don't know Phil, uh, he is the one of the three hosts of uh, Reclaimed Audio. Uh, he used to do all the editing and everything else. Um, and he thought for a long time, he was, or for a, a short time, sorry, that he was going to have to actually leave the podcast because he had pressure from uh, outside of the maker world in you know, real life pressure <laughs> uh, that was requiring more and more of his time because he's so fucking good at his job. Um, but fortunately, he managed to palm that all off onto Tim. So he stayed on the podcast. I still listen to it because uh, I only listen to it for Phil. The other two are, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a total lie um, but yeah uh, Phil is fucking spiffing and he is also a lovely man to boot 
So that is it. Is there any other business before? Wait, are you putting him in the back of your car? What? He's He's in the boot. To boot. No. In America, it's called a trunk. Yeah. And in Canada, it's called a. This is a boot. All right. Any other business? Uh, yeah, I just uh, want to give a big shout out to to Waffles. I think um, when it comes to community, uh, if there's anyone that's kind of really involved, um, just just the, the word community just springs to mind, and I just think of Waffles. So big shout out to him. Well, because of his dogs and his and his dogs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, there's Waffles for you. Uh, anything else? No. No. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, you can find us on all of the social medias. You can find me at Waffles Design. You can find. <laughs> <laughs> so, I couldn't resist. And if you hadn't laughed, I was going to do all three of us, doing that. and I was going to get you guys to be like Waffles Design. Yeah, and now it's not going to work. Uh, okay, I'll go back to the normal one. Uh, you can find me at Moonshine Matworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade Thirteen, and you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Oh. Shit, shit. oh. Yeah. Muffles design. <laughs> Muffles design. Yeah, he's uh, going into exhausts. <laughs> truffles uh, design. <laughs> is that like chocolate pits. truffles or fung- fungal truffles? Fungal uh, truffles, obviously. He's a classy man. Um. Anyway, uh, yes, you can find us at all of them. You can find the podcast at www.fwtpodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram at fwtpodcast. And you can find us on Facebook at Fools With Tools. Um, go on there, get involved. We've You've already missed out on the uh, the Fools With Tools treasure trade secret Santa thing, but that's going to be kind of awesome. So screw you if you're not really in it. And I think that's it. So we'll see you later, guys. Love you. Bye. Ooh, ee, chee-chee-bang-bang, chee-chee-bang-bang. <laughs> <laughs>